0: I feel like we should have known this already, were we even talk this at all.
1: will this be on the test? Hi everybody and welcome to Will This Be On The Test, I'm Maddie. And I'm Austin. And we're here today to talk about some things we should have learned in school but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly. And we told you we'd be back.
0: It's It was like a threat almost, maybe a warning or a <laughs> premonition.
1: But as promised, the zombie apocalypse has not come. So That's you can, at least 2022, like they told me.
0: So I guess um you can thank Maddie for the reason we haven't had the zombie apocalypse.
1: Not me, my connections in the underworld.
0: Yes. And we're talking like the criminal underworld, not like the undead underworld, because that would be a weird coincidence.
1: Uh, Por que no los dos?
0: Criminal undead? Yeah vampire gangsters what's
1: the point in being undead if you have to if you still can't commit crimes but crimes are bad yeah but you're undead so there's just no consequences at this That's, point okay, what yeah. are they gonna do kill you
0: i guess i guess you have a point there
1: yeah so it's been a stressful few weeks but we're glad to be back like we said last time it was just you know life happens and everything's fine just needed needed a bit of a breather one of those something-had-to-give scenarios, and this was unfortunately the thing that had to give. But then we also had a pretty good Thanksgiving. I hope you all did, too. Um sat there remembering all the horrible things that we have done to other cultures throughout time, and eating a lot of food and forgetting our dishware in other states.
0: Yes, those are all things that you did. Meanwhile, I uh, made delicious baked goods that were praised by everyone universally. So I won.
1: Yeah, the only problem with his baked goods was... One that I thought, and it was one that I caused, um, because I'm sitting here eating the lemon bars that he made. I'm like, "There's too much powdered sugar." And then I go, "I put the powdered sugar on." Yes, you did. Nobody else had a problem with, with the powdered with, sugar without
0: I... me asking. <laughs> I was like, "I was like, take the garbage out." Okay, I was going to put powdered sugar on this. I come like, back and you powdered sugar in it. It's like, "Oh, okay." I was
1: in the kitchen anyway, so. You helped. Yes, I helped. Uh, But now our Christmas decorations are up and it is that time of year and I still have not bought Austin any good Christmas presents. So if anybody knows what Austin Uh, wants for Christmas. Okay.
0: Also, again, not only did I win Thanksgiving with my baked goods, I'm currently winning Christmas because I have placed more presents underneath the tree than she has. He even wrapped them. Yeah, they are wrapped.
1: Our cats have only tried to eat them a few times.
0: Gigi just wants to eat one of them. And if it's the one I think it is, it's hilarious that she's trying to eat it.
1: Ooh. Well, I say we dive right in because I'm actually making Austin record less than an hour before he's supposed to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs>
0: yes, because man, it's like even with a few weeks off, we cannot like s- no, s- record on time.
1: I've been feeling like crap, like, and I've just been falling asleep. Whenever I try to do anything, I just zonk out, and so I'll sit there and be like, working, working. I've I've literally fallen asleep at my desk, like. I don't know, guys. I don't know what's going on, but it's not the COVID, and that's what matters. And I had a I had a legit cold for the first time in like three years, though. Yeah. All right. So I'll go ahead and start this time because I tend to talk longer, and that way, if we need to stop, you can we can stop, and then we'll know exactly yes. where we were, which is done with mine. <laughs> but I could go into debate voice. I, would I could have reckon- this entire thing done oh. in less than ten minutes. Please
0: don't. It makes editing this a nightmare.
1: But you also wouldn't have to say anything at any point. I would just talk for 10 minutes straight without taking a single breath.
0: So it'd be like every day with us.
1: Every day in our normal lives on yeah. our podcast when I try to pause and let you speak. <laughs> I keep telling him to interrupt me more, guys.
0: It's like I what. Lots of times it's like, and then a tragic thing happened. That's like, I can't make a joke about this.
1: What's funny, guys, though, is as soon as the show is over, he makes jokes about all of the tragic things that I said.
0: And it's like, I cannot say this. There cannot be a public record of me saying this. I
1: just made it on public record that Austin makes inappropriate jokes about everything I say. That's true. Now, you might be able to find some humor in this one. There's no specific... Well, no, there are some specific dark things that happen, but I'm not talking about a specific dark thing. I'm talking about a thing that shouldn't be dark, and we have fucked up, because that's what we do. Oh, good. So today... I'm talking about another thing that comes up in true crime groups a lot. So, yeah, as you all know, I'm a big fan of true crime, big fan of true crime podcasts, true crime TV shows. And I'm a big fan of select true crime online groups. But for the most part, I find them. And isn't there a, um oh, a series on that podcast you listen to right now where they're talking about how toxic and dangerous those groups are? Yes. Um. There's a level of toxicity within these groups that actually makes me very frightened—not of the criminals they're supposed to be discussing, but of the people in these true crime groups. Um, what is that like? S-
0: you're wrong about.
1: Yeah, you're wrong about. Um, they're talking about how basically it's causing increased paranoia and in and, and like making each other more dangerous.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, and by the way, um, when she when she says like this is the this is like fifty percent of the conversations we have is about something that made her mad in a true crime group the other half is work.
1: I have left almost all the true crime groups then. That's why I haven't said anything in weeks. Uh, So when I'm in these groups, I see people saying, oh, wow, I wish I could get jury duty or complaining about I got jury duty, but it was a boring case, not a murder or a rape. Like, have you guys even seen 12 Angry Men or experienced trauma? And these are the same ones who literally will be like, how dare you not understand the fact that people have trauma? I'm like, well, I do, and that's why I don't particularly want to be on a murder or a rape jury. Yeah. Um, like, do you really want to hold the fates of multiple people in your hands? Because the choice you make affects the rest of these people's lives, whether they're the perpetrator, the victim, the families, anybody's. Regardless if your decision is correct or not, you have made a decision that affects the rest of multiple people's lives. Now, I'm a big fan. Austin will like, tell you about this. I'm a big fan of a fair and just legal system with a jury of your peers there are highly controversial cases that I actually think need to be retried even though I fully agree with the verdict because I don't feel like the circumstances of the trial were uh were great like you all know how much I love Boston and how much I believe the Boston bomber is guilty. I also don't think the circumstances of his trial were fair and I think he needs to get retried I think he'll I think the verdict will be the same um but that I think it's be- and that has nothing even to do with the jury so much as when and where and how it was all done. So when people go and saying, oh, my God, jury duty, it sounds like so much fun. That makes me really scared of them. I'm like you're it sounds to me like you're not taking this seriously.
0: Yeah, I have had so many close calls with having to do jury duty. Like as recently as last year on Election Day, which was, you know, not stressful at all. I got a like a summons It's like, hey, you've got federal jury duty. It's like you got to fill out all this paperwork and you may or may not come and we're going to keep calling you about it.
1: Yeah, I got called for jury duty once, but I did not get called back. Like they they came out, they gave us a few instructions just letting us know what to expect while we were sitting there. And they actually said it's like everything we're looking at today are juvenile cases. Those almost always get handled without a jury, so chances are we're not going to call you back and we'll let you out around noon, but otherwise we'll let you know. Yeah. Um I also was like, okay, if I get called back there, I'm going to tell them I would be a bad juror for a juvenile case because I would. I'd be a terrible juror for a juvenile case because I look at kids and I go, so many opportunities for growth and change. Um, But so this is basically what to expect when you get called for jury duty, because what we learn in school is jury of your peers, 12 people sit there, listen, make decision, the end. No. You get something in the mail, maybe also a phone call and email saying you're expected to show up at this time at this place. If you have a valid reason not to, you call them and say, I can't show up at this time at this place. Sometimes they'll say, okay, cool. Usually they'll say, okay, cool, as long as you don't do it like over and over. Sometimes they'll be like, yeah, if you figure it the fuck out. Um, There are certain things like if you are breastfeeding, you're pretty much automatically going to just get it canceled for then. Same thing as if you're over 70, I think you still have to show up, but you can say I'm over 70 and they'll be like, okay, peace out. Again, I don't think you have to be pieced out if you're over 70, but you can. Little things like that. Um, they give you some information on what to expect that day. You, In my experience, and most of what I read, you can't bring your phone with you or any other electronic devices. I wasn't even allowed to bring my own water bottle in. I had to get water out of one of those coolers with the triangle cups. There was some nasty freaking coffee and anything else was paid for. Now that goes against what Find Law was saying, was like they'll be fully stocked with snacks and st- No. Expect like bring cash with you. Expect to have to use a vending machine. They'll say there'll be magazines and stuff. No, bring a book. Bring two books. Bring seven books. If they do find a case for you, they'll start the next steps. Uh, you'll get called into a courtroom with other potential jurors, depends on how many people are there that day. The judge will give some details about the case and ask. Is there a reason you can't serve on this case? Is there a reason you think that? And so it's like, yeah, I know the attorney. I know the defendant. I know the, pro, the what's the other word?
0: Prosecutor?
1: Defendant. And... The plaintiff? Plaintiff, yeah. It's like, usually it's if you know somebody, that's kind of where this would come in. Otherwise, Or it could be, I have a medical condition. Here is my doctor's note kind of thing. It's like, it's, this sounds like it's going to take more than 20 minutes and I have to pee every 30 minutes. We're going we to have a problem. They'll usually let you go. Then they have... I should have looked up how to pronounce this. I'm going to go American on it. How's that sound? Do it. Vordire. I think it's French. I think it's like voir dire, uh, which means to speak the truth. Uh, that means they talk to the group and to, about to the individuals, but anything that could potentially be considered a bias based on the answers to the questions. In this case, if they're like, yep, that's a bias, you're dismissed with cause. Um, Plaintiff Magazine says you will not change the mind of someone with strong views against essential elements of your case, not in jury selection and not during the trial. What you must do instead is identify those whose personal life experiences, the most influential factor in shaping attitudes and beliefs, are problematic for your case. This is not accomplished by asking the jurors if they can be fair and follow the law. It is not accomplished by asking questions that begin with, do you understand? Or, the judge will explain that the law is. It is not accomplished by asking jurors hypothetical questions that seek to only advance themes or gain meanless commitments. And in fact, asking some of these types of questions, which jurors may see as having little or nothing to do with the facts of the case, can cause them to think poorly of you. So basically, you need to know what questions to ask that will actually get you the answers about whether or not this person can be dismissed with cause. However, they can also do peremptory challenges, which is dismissing you without cause. They don't have to have a reason. Now, it varies by jurisdiction and by state how many of these they can get. Some places can be like, yeah, do as many as you want. Some places, like, you get three. Um, It's kind of like that episode of Friends where Ross and Rachel, hey, look, it's about time. Ross hasn't been here in a while, decided they each got five vetoes on the kid's name. And then they decided, and then Phoebe was like, is it just me or does veto sound really good right now?
0: Ooh, veto's a great name for a kid. Mm hmm.
1: Um, that's basically what this is they get to veto a juror for no reason um, and the judge can only ask questions about why they're dismissing to prove they aren't dismissing based on that person being a member of a protected class there's a problem here in the recent trial of those assholes assholes who killed Ahmaud Arbery 11 of the 12 jurors were white there were nine potential black jurors and the judge allowed the defense to dismiss eight of them. As Slate puts it, quote, peremptory challenges allow each side in a criminal case to excuse potential jurors for any reasons or no reasons at all as long as they have not been removed but because of their race, gender, sexual orientation, or religion, unquote. I need to make this very clear. In Georgia, you get to use nine peremptory challenges. Mm. The defense used eight of their nine to get rid of black potential jurors. Even the judge was like, guys, I'm not an idiot. I know that you're doing this based on their race. And they're like, no, we're doing it because of X, Y, and Z. And he's like, I he's like, they didn't mention anything that I can disprove. He's like, so even he was like, I believe that you're doing this for racially motivated reasons, but legally I can't prove it. So yeah, your options stand. So you already had a judge who was like, oh really? Oh, this whole case, I'm like, Austin, Austin, I think, I think the, def- I think the prosecution's going to win. And Austin's like, I can't. I'm like, I think it's going real badly. Thank God. Even with those 11 white people, they made the right decision this time because all three of them were like, yeah, go to rail, go to jail, go directly to jail in 1986. The case of Baston versus Kentucky placed the burden on judges to determine if a lawyer is being discriminatory. They need to offer a race-neutral reason for removing a juror if asked during peremptory challenges or during any challenges. And that is what happened in this case. They were able to offer "quote unquote" race-neutral reasons. Yeah, that sounds great. In Missouri, a prosecutor said two black men couldn't be on a jury because they had facial hair, and he didn't like how they looked. No one else in the jury has facial hair. So why should we have these two guys with facial hair?
0: That's like 50% of men.
1: In Pennsylvania, a lawyer refused to let an East Indian man be on a jury because he said Hindus don't view things the same as We do. He also had no reason to believe this man was Hindu other than him being East Indian. Wouldn't
0: that be a religious?
1: You'd think, but the judge deemed this race neutral because as far as I can tell, that particular case really only says race neutral, not any of the other protected classes. In 2001. Oh, this one's a doozy. You gotta be angry. I'm already there, but go on. North Carolina prosecutors Uh. had a seminar about inventing race-neutral reasons for dismissing jurors and were given a handout called Bastin Justifications Articulating Juror Negatives. It, quote, instructed prosecutors how to portray behaviors stereotypically associated with African Americans among the list of race-neutral excuses were attire may show lack of respect for the system rebelliousness and hairstyle may mean resistance re- rebelliousness in hairstyle may mean resistance to authority and arms folded act of defiance lack of eye contact and obvious boredom those are all race neutral reasons so basically 90% of what Austin's doing right now but he would not be dismissed because he's white
0: I do no, I do have facial hair though
1: uh yeah you do I do so long story short, nationwide, juries overrepresent white people. Plaintiff Magazine, I this was a great article, by the way. It was basically like, hey, you fucking lawyers, get your shit together and stop picking terrible juries. Um, says, this is because we have sustained, quote, belief that higher status, higher educated, more intelligent, higher income, white male jurors are defense jurors because they will decide things more rationally and base their decisions on, quote, evidence and, quote, logic instead of, quote, emotion. There's the belief that lower educated, lower status, minority jurors and females will be pro-plaintiff because they'll be more emotional and more empathetic and that they will award more damages because they don't understand the numbers. Okay.
0: First of all, there is no group less logical and like, no, white men are completely illogical and the most emotional people just mention a bad thing about their sports team in front of them and watch them melt the fuck down.
1: Yeah, Austin, that Hufflepuff Quidditch team really sucks this year.
0: You take that back. It's because Cedric Diggory died before his time.
1: (laughs) But yeah, no, that's actually like a known belief that white Rich men are more likely to be logical and unemotional, and they're also less likely to award damages. Yeah, I can see that. Now, let's say, though, that you, regardless of anything else, have been selected. You are now considered impaneled, which to me sounds like imprisoned, but that's okay. Uh, In civil cases, how many jurors, can, how many people are on a jury?
0: I only know it from the movie, so I'm going to say 12.
1: Yeah, we've always been told 12. In civil cases, there can be six. In misdemeanor cases, there can be fewer than 12. In felony or serious misdemeanors, there are 12. I've also heard of them having fewer than six on some occasions. Um, Sometimes there are alternate jurors, likely in case someone gets sick or if it's a big name trial where there's likely to be some kind of bias that got missed. Um, Or sometimes it's because your wife like totally didn't make the connection between you being on the Ghislaine Maxwell jury. And the fact that it was happening over Christmas time. So she bought you this surprise vacation and it's not refundable.
0: Yes, I'm sure she bought this vacation and someone didn't buy it for her to get you out of jury duty. That's...
1: Yeah, like, I'm sensing a conspiracy This here. was already at trial when she surprised him with this unexpected vacation. Now, Austin, you got called for federal jury duty. You had, what, two months of notice or yeah. more? And she surprised him with this? Now, if she had already bought this vacation, and he gets called for federal jury duty. You go, Okay, I have to tell you this now. It's like it's going to ruin the surprise, but this is something that you need to know so that when you go in and say it's a financial, you can call them and say, It's a financial hardship. Can we move it by a month? Because you're not called for the Just Lane Maxville trial. You're called for federal jury duty on this date. You don't know what trial it is. In Austin's case, he wasn't called for any of it.
0: Yeah, they said it's like, Just kidding. Like the day before I was supposed to go in, it's like, Nope, we don't need you. Well, I also
1: figured out what trial it was likely for, and it Austin would have been dismissed pretty quickly.
0: Yes, that's true. I am a raging socialist.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also he worked in um, some law offices for a hot second. But yep. um, so, yeah, that juror on the Jelaine Maxwell trial, though, was allowed to leave because of the financial hardship. And I feel like the judge is going to be a problem if you don't. You're going to be too distracted. You're not going to be fair. Listen, Fine.
0: I, it's like, I need to go to Disney. Like, I need to.
1: I mean, if. Okay, I can't tell you how many times parents said that when they took their kids out of school for like two, three weeks in the middle of the school year. We just have to go. Oh, my record is a kid who went on vacation for three months in the middle of the school year. I'm like, hey, guys, you know how long summer is? <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Um. Anyway, so you get in there after you've been selected and you take an oath, uh, say an oath taking your... Saying, you take an oath saying you're going to take it all seriously unless you're on the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Also, did you see that she is staring at the courtroom artist and drawing the courtroom I artist like passive that. aggressively?
0: Yes. And the and the courtroom artist is drawing her drawing the courtroom artist they passive asked, aggressively. They asked
1: the courtroom artist, she goes, she's like, weirdly, this isn't the first time this has happened, but I've been doing this for like 30 years and it's only the third. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it, she's like, the first time it was really discomforting, but now it's like... It just gives me an idea of who they are as a person, and all that she said. Um, apparently, the first one I think was Eddie Murphy that was doing that. Really? But I don't know anything about that. I didn't read any further into it. Um, now, sometimes jury duty does start immediately. You get sworn in, given some instructions of what to do. This is usually for a single day trial, a multiple day, tri- um, or several trials in a row on that day. Like boom, 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 boom. You're just a juror for the day. It can be a multiple day trial, but it's usually not one that's expected to last for weeks and weeks. It might start later if it's expected to be a long, drawn-out trial like most federal trials would be. They do pay you about 10 to $15 a day.
0: Yes, I was very excited about my hefty paycheck I was going to get. You
1: this. know who doesn't have to pay you for that? Your job!
0: I was lucky because my job would still pay me.
1: Yeah, your job does not have to pay you. They cannot force you to take paid time off, but they can make this unpaid. They can't fire you, though. Like, it, your tri- the trial could last for months and they still can't fire you, but they also don't have to pay you. Now, sequestering almost never happens, um, even when it should. And that's another thing. I look at some of these cases recently. I'm like, they're going to be able to get this retried because they weren't sequestering the jurors. Like, we've seen a few recently where it's like they found out they were watching the news or talking to somebody. You're not allowed to do any of that. Um, When it does happen, you're put up on a hotel, your TV is taken out of your room, you don't get to have a newspaper, you don't get to have recent magazines, you don't get to have the internet, and your phone calls are monitored. Uh, Otherwise, you're allowed to go home every night, sometimes even for lunch, and you just basically pinky promise that you won't talk to anybody or watch the news. (laughs) So, I'm not going to go through the trial process, because that's a whole other thing, but the trial's over! Yay! It's time to make your decision. The first thing you have to do is is choose your jury foreman or your presiding juror. Yeah, that is chosen by the jury, not by the court. That is not juror number 1.
0: I feel like that should be randomly assigned.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is I can't figure out how you decide this. The American judic judic I can't speak today. Judic- Judicature society says the ideal presiding juror is a good discussion leader, fair, good listener, good speaker, and organized. How do you know any of this?
0: I've only known you for about 10 seconds, but you look organized.
1: That's true. You don't even talk to each other, like, during other parts of this. You aren't allowed to talk to the other jurors until you're here, other than probably, like, a good morning. And that's about it. Um, and sometimes, the, like, during bathroom breaks, you pretty much, like, all have to go to the bathroom together and stuff. But you're not supposed to talk in there either.
0: I mean, it's um, that's, just, that's just an understood rule. You never talk in the bathroom.
1: And no matter what they say, girls don't talk in bathrooms either, generally. Um, now, when you're in this jury room, nobody is overseeing you. It is just the jurors. They aren't even being like recorded. So somebody, if a juror says, "Hey, I feel like this person was being biased, and I felt intimidated into agreeing with them," nobody can verify it. And I think that's a massive problem. I have no problem with it being we. Uh, the tapes get destroyed after six weeks if no one comes forward with a complaint, and it can't be a juror. It can't be a defense or a prosecution. It has to be one of the jurors comes forward. I think that would be fair. As it stands, nobody's monitoring them. So you've chosen this person somehow, I'm going to go with rock, paper, scissors, and you discuss the case. Again, There's this is a lawless wasteland. There is no way that you are forced to discuss or vote on the case. In fact, you can all just, again, rock, paper, scissors, and it's considered good if you are. <laughs> it's not a great system. Um, and <laughs> this is a problem because sometimes jurors are pressured into making a decision they don't want to make. What you're supposed to do is first review all of the instructions from the judge. The judge's instructions may include special rules or processes. If there are multiple charges, you can look at them together or separately, but you ultimately have to decide on each one separately. If something is confusing, you can send a note to the judge from the lead juror. Um, from And they, they're like, hey, bailiff, here's a note. And it goes to the judge, and the judge can decide whether or not to give you an answer to your question. And this was actually a problem that came up uh, in one case I read about where the jury was told, like, they actually asked, will we be able to see the court transcripts? Yes will will be able to see the evidence that is brought in yes okay cool well they sent a note of it's like we want to see the transcript from this portion and they said oh we didn't say you could see the transcript we said you could review the transcript they're like what in our heads they're like exactly and they're like we would have taken more extensive notes if we had known we would not actually be able to read the transcript like you told us we'd be able to do so even little miscommunications their instruction book for that trial was 13 pages I can't even, like, sit and read a book that's 13 pages, no matter how engaging it is at this point in my life. Uh, voting can happen whenever, wherever you want. You can go in there, immediately vote, and then when everybody's in agreement, go, okay, cool. Let's just sit quietly for a few minutes, then go back. Um, but all of that, of course, goes against your oath. You did take an oath. You were expected to uphold it. If you go back in five minutes, the judge is going to be like, mm, I feel like you didn't talk about it. Um, juries can be done by secret ballot, hand-raising, voice, whatever the foreman feels like doing. Uh, Generally, juries can take as much time as they need to to deliberate. For major charges or felonies, they are often required to be unanimous. However, civil cases or minor cases don't necessarily need to be unanimous. You can have something like a two-thirds majority. So you can have, if you've got six jurors, you can have four people agreeing and two people disagreeing and the four people win. I don't like that. But I don't like any of this, and you'll hear more about why in a second. And again, I want to reiterate, I am a big fan of fair and just trials with a jury of your peers. I think it's a great idea. I just think we fucked it up. Um, If a jury can't reach a decision, the court decides what to do next. Um, The judge might say, figure it out, or they might say, mistrial time. Um, So... in uh, an example of one where they didn't need a majority or they didn't need a unanimous there was a recent case of a young lady who was tased by officers for disobeying orders and acting violently towards the police during and immediately following a grand mall seizure so they tased her for refusing to stop having a seizure
0: i mean have you tried just not having
1: seizures that's and that's actually one one of the judges when they were deciding whether or not this could go to trial said so it's like so just to be clear you were mad at her for not following an order to stop having a medical event. And they're like, well, no, she, they believed that she wasn't, she wasn't having a medical event anymore. I'm like, okay, when you're coming out of a oh. seizure, you're still not completely with oh, it.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, doctor. I didn't know you were a police officer,
1: too. Exactly. Um, now, this is why I don't think being in a jury would be super duper fun, like some people think. Imagine being the person or a couple people who didn't agree with a verdict and had to sit there and listen to it being read out. And in this case, the person who thought the police officers should, in fact, be held accountable and that it was their fault was the jury foreman, who was the only one of the jurors who voted for acquittal. Every other juror voted in favor of the cops. And the foreman has to deliver the verdict. And she stood there crying while saying, we have voted to acquit. And the judge is like, is unanimous. And she was like, absolutely. And the rest of them, one of whom slept through the entire trial... By the way, we don't want to ruin an innocent police officer's life.
0: There's no such thing as an innocent police officer. She was
1: 17. The girl having the seizure was 17. And she had seizures because she had been hit by a drunk driver, if my memory is correct. So these people are like, it would be so exciting and interesting and blah, blah, blah. They're forgetting some stuff. One, you're going to be sitting in a courtroom for hours in nice wooden chairs that have that aren't even the comfort level of the ones you had in school. You might not even be allowed to take notes. There are periodic breaks that you have, Larry, little control over. Yeah, you can, like, depending on the judge, you can raise your hand and be like, I have to pee. But then they have to, like, recess the whole thing. Um... Two, you can end up with pages and pages of confusing and even contradictory instructions. And three, human attention spans don't last very long. So you, you're sitting there for eight hours a day in a wooden chair, less comfortable than the one in school, having to pee, having to eat, not being able to do anything you want to do, and thinking more about the laundry you have to do than about the court case at hand. It's really easy to be an armchair juror at home and think you know how a case should have gone or not gone, but we have information they don't, and they have information that we don't. Plus, and this is where things get really, really wonky. They aren't making decisions in a normal situation. Now, Austin and I can sit here and debate things, and we know each other, and we know like where each other is coming from. These are strangers who are away from home, knowing that their decisions have lasting effects, and they know they could get it wrong. Like, the happy face killer jury convicted two, or they convicted one person, the other person pleaded no contest, and they were innocent, both of them. It just came down to the... First one was like, oh, I want my abusive boyfriend to go to jail. So I'm going to pretend he committed a murder, uh, m- committed a murder kept the jail, changing her story. And somehow she ended up in jail, too, because she was an idiot. Um, and they get it wrong a lot. And here's how. You ready to learn how juries get shit wrong? I suppose I am. Now, I'm not talking about the stuff where, oh, well, that there was new evidence that came out or we didn't have the sophisticated DNA. We have now, stuff like that. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about the stuff where we look at it and we go. How the fuck did you get that wrong? There has to have been someone in the room who got this right and you guys didn't listen. Yeah, that happens a lot. First of all, go back to episode 48. We'll wait. Listen to about, lo- listen to logical fallacies. <laughs> all of that comes into play. And again, this is why reasonable doubt can be so goddamned hard because you simply can't convince someone that their logical fallacies are fallacious. They just, they believe them. Then Plaintiff Magazine, my new BFF, quote, Jurors make decisions just like any other human beings do, but they do so in an environment that is different from everyday individual decision making. The conditions of trial and the group setting create some demanding characteristics that can lead to the use of cognitive shortcuts or unconscious biases influencing decision making and group dynamics can play a role. They then clarify that unconscious biases, in this case, are cognitive biases, not necessarily unconscious like racial biases that, that can happen. It's basically the biases we create in our brains to keep ourselves alive. It's like, you know, we got it's like being afraid of a dog. You don't know why you're afraid of a dog, but you're afraid of a dog because at some point in your life, you had a reason to be afraid of a dog. Um, the first, of course, is confirmation bias. We need information that backs up our way of understanding in, in the world, and we grasp at any level of ambiguity that could make a case or decision fit within our understanding of the world, especially when something is emotionally charged. You may truly believe that you are unbiased, but as the case go on, goes on, you unconsciously begin to notice... That the accused person looks a lot like that really mean teacher you had in third grade. And your brain starts to go, danger, danger, danger. And you don't know why. But so you start to think, oh, he must be guilty. This must be the facts that are influencing this, not the fact that this person looks like my third grade teacher. Or it could be that the person on trial is too similar to you in some way and therefore can't possibly be guilty. They could look like you. They could have a similar job, anything like that confirmation bias i need confirmation of my own experiences then we have the issue of just ignore it you know how you win the game
0: by not playing the
1: game by not thinking of the game
0: oh crap
1: now you thought of the I game had... and you just lost the game i
0: that's the stupidest I... game. it's
1: really stupid now imagine let's listen Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Uh We all saw the news stories. We all saw the videos. We all saw the photos of him smiling and posing with people like Hooray Guns, which was not a cute look. But jurors went into a courtroom and were like, okay, guys, you don't want to lose the game. So don't think about the game. Pretend you never saw any of those. And then during the trial, this happens all the time. Somebody says something like, jurors, pretend that didn't happen. Well, now all you can think about is what was just said. That's all you can think about. Chances are, you're not even listening to me anymore. You're just thinking about how you lost the game. I still don't understand the game, and I'm pretty okay with that.
0: It's, you're not supposed to. It's the dumbest.
1: And then, we can't forget the thing that we are constantly warned about in school, but never for the right reasons. Peer pressure. I don't know about you, but I never had a single peer pressure me to do alcohol or drugs or anything like that, because that shit's expensive.
0: Yeah, they mostly just pressured me to, to instead of studying, go watch Lord of the Rings or something.
1: Um, Climb onto the roof of a movie theater. I was trying to impress a boy.
0: I mean, that would absolutely impress me.
1: Because I'm afraid of heights. Yeah. In fact, the two things I ever did to impress boys both involved me uh, overcoming my fear of heights, which I have not overcome. And Austin has never asked me to do anything like that, which is why I'm still married to him. Yeah. Um, And about nine out of ten trials, actual trials, the final decision is the same as what the majority initially believed. Now, hopefully this is because the initial reaction was correct, but that is not necessarily the case. Let's be frank here. That case about the girl who was tased by the police for having a seizure? There is no way. The girl was definitely purposefully ignoring instructions while having a seizure was correct. But the foreman said the other—the reason the other jurors gave was that they didn't want to ruin an innocent officer's life. They originally came out and were all like, nope, we're voting, we're voting innocent on them. And she's like, but, guys, and they and they refused to back down. They refused to look at the facts. They refused to even, like, listen to anything. Most cases end with the original majority being the final verdict. Nine out of ten cases. When a 12 Angry Men situation happens, it goes the opposite of the way 12 Angry Men goes. Or it's, I think it's called 12 Angry Jurors now. Um, There isn't one holdout who convinces everyone else of the clear innocence of a person like they did in that. And it's not a spoiler because that thing is, like, 100 years old. Usually, there are one or two holdouts who end up being forced into making an unfair decision. Hung juries are less than 6% of cases. A 2008 article from the American Psychological Association reports a case where a judge told a jury three days before Christmas that they would have to return the next day if they didn't reach a verdict quickly. They'd been uh, debating for 11 hours at that point. An hour later, the defendant was declared guilty even though two jurors were leaning toward acquittal. Three days before Christmas. And those two said that they felt pressured by the jurors and the judge. Three days before Christmas, and deadlines like this have been proven to cause issues. Studies have been done. When there are holidays coming up, juries make decisions faster. And that's not the same thing as a speedy trial. In fact, the U.S. Supreme Court has said it is perfectly okay to force a deadlock jury to continue deliberating like this. It is called a dynamite charge, in which a judge can basically say, oh... there's one or two of you holding out? (sighs) You know, if ten people say something and two people are saying something different, do you two really think a reasonable person would be making your choice right now? Yes, judges can fucking say that. Wow. I hate our legal system. Yeah, it boils down to, not majority rules, but if you're in the minority, you're a fucking idiot. And that's basically what judges are allowed to say. It's written a lot nicer than that in the 1899 language it was written in initially. But that's what it boils down to is if you if you aren't agreeing with the majority, then clearly you're wrong and you're the unreasonable one, not them. Uh, So they feel coerced. Minority jurors end up making decisions based on normative influences, which are social pressures, rather than informational influences or the facts of the case. Dynamite charges have been fought against multiple times, and those charges have been repeatedly upheld. Dynamite charges being the judge saying shit like that. So we end up with God knows how many cases decided because of jurors who felt tired or pressured. But it doesn't end there. Ugh. There has been limited study of the effect of jury... uh. uh on the of the effect of jury duty on people and even less psychological support offered to jurors. Imagine being on the jury of a particularly brutal serial killer or child pornographer. You have to look at all of this. And then you go and you make a decision and they're said they're told, okie dokie, go have a great life, and that is it. And in some cases, you're not even allowed to talk about it afterwards. You just walk away for the rest of your life wondering if you made the right decision and having these images in your head. It's believed that juries are often um, considered to be non people as they are silent during the trial and their deliberations aren't overheard. They can't possibly have any kind of emotional feelings about this, but they do. Um, Two thirds of jurors have said that they have at least one symptom from transient to significant and even permanent physical or mental illnesses during and after being a part of a, of a dark criminal trial. You can basically leave a jury box after something like this with a poor immune system and post-traumatic stress disorder. And this is made worse by the fact that you're not supposed to have any kind of emotional reaction during the proceedings or speak to anybody who you love during these, sometimes even afterwards. And then you get into that room with these bunch of strangers. You have to agree with them. And sometimes you get in there with people who are also who should be the ones on the fucking stand (laughs) and you get scared by them and you end up making this decision that you feel is wrong. There are sometimes jury interviews afterwards from the judge or from the uh, lawyers, and those are actually a good thing in the sense that they let you actually know what's working and what isn't, but they are usually avoided because the lawyers are worried that they'll find something they have to report to the judge as a bias. (laughs) Um... So Psychology Today says, quote, The end of the trial is not always the end of possible adverse psychological experiences. If the case was high profile, the media may seek jurors' comments and insights. Even if no interviews are conducted, people may comment publicly on the jury's verdict negative or critical remarks can make the jurors feel defensive or even question whether they made the right decision insecurity may develop if the decision on the case is overturned on appeal moreover if the appeal is granted on a technicality jurors may feel frustrated or angered that they went through the process and endured their various hardships so it doesn't end just because jury dirty is over like the guys and gals and folks who were on the kyle Rittenhouse trial uh, jury the rest of their lives they have to live with that Um, And I guarantee you that it was definitely not a, we're all going in here in agreement immediately situation. I guarantee you there are people in there who are like, um.
0: Okay. So this entire process sounds exactly like that dumb meeting that nobody wants to have, but you're forced to anyway. And It's just the loudest, dumbest person who you're trying to convince of something you've already agreed to. And it drags out forever. And finally you just say, fine, whatever. We're done here. I just want to get back to work.
1: I'm not sure, because it sounds like the person that you're talking about is the minority here who's being forced to do something they don't want to do.
0: Or it's like just all of it sounds like trying this. Everything you're talking about has reminded me of a staff meeting I have been in.
1: Yeah, um, because this is a staff meeting that could literally determine whether or not somebody dies. We've had those.
0: Thanks, COVID.
1: (laughs) Um, And the thing is, this is actually pretty easy to mitigate. Psychology Today says judges just need to adequately warn the jurors about the potential dangers, debrief with them afterwards, and the court system needs to offer counseling. That's it. That's that's so easy. Yeah, it's like in terms of the psychological stuff. Now, in terms of the uh, jury pressures and the shit, there's stuff you can do, but, there's some, but there will always be so many. Like, my thing is record it, have the recordings locked up for a certain number of weeks, then destroy them. If no jurors come forward and say, I feel coerced. But, you know can't do anything like that. But in short, being on a jury can fuck you up. And if you think that this sounds like a fun time looking at pictures and videos and recordings and watching people talk about what it felt like to murder and rape somebody, if that sounds like your idea of a good time, you either need to go be some kind of writer or check yourself in in somewhere because I'm worried about you. The end. Oh, what a bummer. But I think I got through it in a half an hour. 50 minutes. We talked for about 10 minutes first. Okay. Are you ready for your questions?
0: Ready for questions.
1: Uh well, this will this be on the test? Juries can have fewer than twelve people, and a single jury could overhear several cases in one day.
0: Yeah, that should be on the test. That seems like a good physics physics civics lesson.
1: Juries are basically expected to pinky promise to not have any outside influences.
0: So weird, but that I don't think that'll be on the test.
1: About ninety percent of cases had the same final verdict as shown in the initial vote.
0: Oh, I don't think that'll be on the test.
1: Jurors frequently report feeling pressure to change their minds.
0: You know, peer pressure doesn't exist. We had a talk about it, and we all agreed not to do it, right?
1: (laughs) And jurors often have physical and psychological symptoms after particularly dark cases. Oh, no, we can't
0: acknowledge that there's, like, you know, mental health ever. Or or
1: physical health. Yeah. No, like, people actually end up with chronic illnesses as a result of this, like migraines and shit. And they, Insomnia is a big one, because they spend their nights awake wondering, did I make the right call? Or... I was pressured into it. What can I do? Can I do anything? The answer is no, by the way, most of the time. And just, you know, imagine being an 18 year old on this jury. You turn 18, you get your first call to jury duty, and you have to make a call in a rape case, and you were the holdout, but you had all these, you know, real grown ups pressuring you. You spend the rest of your, what we live to be an average of what, 78 now? Yeah. You have spent the remaining 60 years thinking, man, I shouldn't have listened to those real grown ups.
0: Never listen to real grown-ups, kids. Yeah. Um, we're, we're as dumb as you think we are.
1: Are you implying that we're real grown-ups? Because we're all okay, in trouble then.
0: I'm um, straight up going to say this. We are definitely considered real grown-ups isn't by it, a vast majority of the country.
1: Isn't it weird? Yeah. Like, do you still find yourself going, okay, I need to find a grown-up? And then it's like, wait a second.
0: I am the grown-up.
1: Shit. It's like, Austin is about to be on the downside of his 30s. Like, next week, he'll be on the downside of his I have, 30s. I have
0: been on the downside of my 30s for a while. Well,
1: numerically, though. Oh, yeah. Like, people will look at your age and go, yep, heading towards 40. My God.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh. Thank you. I've had that realization this week,
1: too. I'm almost, I'm almost as old as you, so I'll, I've got a few more months that I can still pretend to be closer to 30.
0: That's true. You'll be... You'll still be using that young people slang.
1: Uh, Says the guy who uses the word yeet more than any young person.
0: Uh, That's because yeet's not cool anymore, but I still (laughs) fucking use it.
1: Although if you had ever once dabbed, I would have divorced you.
0: I'm really tempted to right now, but she's giving me a death stare.
1: All right. Do you want to do your part or do you want to pause and we'll come back later to do yours?
0: Yeah, I I told them I was going to be a few minutes late. I think I can get through my part.
1: Should I walk out of the room so you can just do it?
0: It's true. You are gonna interrupt me constantly. Oh, I am. It's she always does. Especially because I
1: know what your topic is. I'm gonna be interrupting you a lot.
0: Yeah. Because let's let's just go and dive into it. Because if you've listened to our podcast, you know two things for certain about us: we get way too invested in reality TV, and we love cats.
1: Although for some reason, Naked and Afraid of Love did not grab us.
0: (laughs) You you think it would? But yeah. Uh, And even though we've talked about our cats dozens of times and had entire segments about cats, I'm going to talk to you about cats again. And I'm going to specify this is the animal, not the musical, even though we have also talked about the musical on multiple occasions. We have indeed. Specifically, I'm going to talk about black cats and go into some of the common myths and misconceptions about them. Because you have probably heard how black cats are unlucky. It is like in like American folklore, it's right up there with Friday the Thirteenth being unlucky, walking under a ladder, or like four leaf clover being lucky. It is right up there with that stuff. Of everybody knows this shit. So
1: why do
0: we think black cats are unlucky?
1: Oh, okay. I was actually trying to stay quiet. Um. Okay, we think that black cats are unlucky. Uh. Okay. Historically, it is believed although I believe it isn't correct incorrect that a pope told everybody to call the cats. <sighs> Um, and there's also the whole thing, like, black cats, like, witches can turn into them, and then there's the whole black dogs being omens of I doom. Was, I uh, was hoping
0: for a joke, but I'll take the facts I was about to cover, too. <laughs> um,
1: okay, why do we consider black cats unlucky? Um, because they did really badly in Vegas.
0: Exactly. Okay.
1: Yeah. So,
0: it, well, as Daddy covered, like, most things, it all boils down to some shit that happened in medieval Rome. Uh, Pope Gregory the IX hated cats the popular history says that he put out a papal order condemning black cats as agents of the devil and putting a bounty on their heads. And as a consequence, people all over Europe started killing cats. And because they killed all these cats, the rodent populations exploded and the fleas they carried spread the bubonic plague and caused the black death and killed roughly a third of the people in Europe.
1: It's a lie.
0: That is a lie. The actual story is a little bit more complex and also... Kind of familiar.
1: Kind of like a cat is yeah. to a witch.
0: Yes. So in reality, the Pope received a report from an inquisitor tasked with eliminating heresy in Germany.
1: Now, were they surprised by this person? And that's why they agreed to this? Because nobody expects oh. the Spanish inquis- inquisition. No, this is the German
0: inquisition. Damn it! It's very punctual and easily to expect. Now, uh, he described a ritual, a satanic ritual, in which a black cat statue comes to life. Then it lifts up its tail and backs itself up to the satanic cultists, and they all proclaim their loyalty to Satan as they kiss the cat's butthole.
1: Wait, is that what Gigi's doing to you every day? Is she trying to get to ca-
0: pledge her allegiance to Satan? They called it the kiss of shame. And okay, guys, as you a cat to- owner, I can say that cats for sure love to back their butthole right up to your no, face. No, no, no,
1: just Gigi. Zumbi does it too. Like, I will get a picture of this for y'all sometime, because Gigi will jump onto Austin immediately turn around and back her butt into his face. She does not do this to me and neither does Zumbi. They they know that my allegiance is to the Lord and not to Satan. They believe yep. that you are still in a place where you could be, a sp- they be persuaded. They never asked
0: me to proclaim my loyalty to Satan, though. So I don't think that's what um, she's
1: doing. Yeah, that's because you don't speak their language like I do. What do you What do you think yeah. I've been trying to, Why do you think I always turn them around?
0: Are you trying to save our cat's souls? I'm trying
1: to save your soul. It's cats or, are gone.
0: My soul is super gone. I sold it for a Subway sandwich.
1: Subway? Really? I was hungry! Oh god, please, at least tell me it wasn't tuna, because that's not tuna.
0: No, it wasn't tuna. It was a meatball sub. Ew. Yeah, the second worst one. So, yeah, he, the Pope, uh, did not order the death of, cra- of cats across Europe. He just sent a letter to the city of Mainz, wording them about this totally real cult that the zealous inquisitor didn't make up, and he wanted to warn them that, like, hey, maybe don't kiss satanic cats on the butthole.
1: I feel like The Zealous Inquisitor would be the name of a play from the 1800s.
0: But it'd be a comedy.
1: Because... Oh, yeah. Kind of like The Underpants. <laughs> it's a real play.
0: Uh, I know. This does mark one of the first times, though, that we see the image of a black cat being associated with Satan. Black cat's asshole. Which is actually kind of a pattern because you'll see that with like um, animals being that were associated with pagan rituals becoming, oh, no, no, no. These are satanic rituals, like black goats as or black dogs were... Like you know, important to pagans, so it's like, oh no, these are satanic things now. When it's Same all thing just with cats. it's
1: things that they just want to love and snuggle.
0: And also, this was about a century before the Black Death, and the Black Death also affected areas that were not Catholic and had plenty of cats, like China and the Middle East.
1: Mm-hmm. So we never learned about that either. If we learned when we learned about the plague, it was like this happened in England.
0: It happened everywhere. I
1: know. And it so, still happens, by the way, guys. You can still get the plague today.
0: So yeah, the the church did not order the mass killing of cats. And cats were not related to the conditions that created the Mubarak. Wait, planet. for
1: once everything, the Catholic Church didn't do something bad yeah. that they're of? No, the half? Catholic
0: Church only did something like normal for the time, but not bad. Yeah, the
1: Catholic Church was just like, hey guys, heads up.
0: Yeah. But the association between black cats and satanic cults stuck around. Like, uh, the killing of black cats continued on throughout the Middle Ages. Uh, in uh, Yeeps, Belgium, <laughs> they celebrate a festival called Kattenstot where they throw cats from the belfry to symbolize killing evil spirits. I know.
1: In... I wasn't laughing about that. I was laughing about that yeep sounded like yeet.
0: Yep. <laughs> but, yes, no, I, that's part of the yeah. I
1: do know about this and but I don't think it's real cats anymore.
0: Yeah, uh they in modern times they throw toy cats down to awaiting children and they have a fake witch burning and a band and people in costumes But the real around.
1: cats happened until like alarmingly recently. Until the 60s. Yeah.
0: Cuz no one cared in the 60s. So
1: They were all just too high on LSD. And of course,
0: while they were killing these cats, they became more and more associated with witches and were witches familiars, or the cats were the witches themselves taking on an animal form, or the black cats were vampires sneaking around at night trying to be unseen because cats are very stealthy. Wait,
1: is that where the whole concept of jellical cats come from? Because they only come out at night.
0: Yeah, jellical cats are vampires.
1: Makes a lot of sense.
0: Actually, that does make that music sense.
1: It really does.
0: So, yeah. And if you own a black cat or a black cat was hanging around your house, that was a reason that someone could say, hey, this is a witch. We should burn them. That was all the evidence they needed. And so people would kill that cat before, like, someone would like, accuse them of witchcraft because they didn't want to be acu- accused of witchcraft. That's bad. Poor kitties. We don't know how prevalent the killing of black cats became, but we do know that in modern times, there are significantly fewer black cats in Europe than there are in other parts of the world.
1: Oh, we have a black cat that lives in our yard now. Yeah. We have four cats living in our yard.
0: Yeah. They know, they can sense us. They they want they want to live inside with us.
1: Yeah, it's like turning into Noah's Ark over here, guys. We got yeah. so many animals.
0: But you know, uh but black cats didn't have a bad reputation all over all over the world. Uh sailors thought that black cats on your ship were good luck, but if a black cat boarded your ship and jumped off, it meant the boat was going to sink.
1: Yeah, I mean a cat purposefully jumping yeah. into water. That's a bad sign. Or like at
0: the docks. They saw a black cat leaving your ship. It's like, oh, oh, that ship's going to sink. Let's not get on that one. Uh, they also thought that a black cat walking towards you was bad luck, but if it walked away from you, it was good luck. Uh, in Japan, uh, single women who own black cats are thought to attract more suitors, which is probably because the uh, cat hair doesn't show up as he clothes. And in parts of, <laughs> in, in parts of England, having a black cat at a wedding is supposed to bring good luck to the couple and, in Scotland, one showing up on your doorstep is a sign of prosperity. Uh, and in parts of Ireland, a black, cra- black cat crossing your path is actually good luck.
1: Yeah, where does that even come from?
0: I don't know. Probably because, like, uh-oh, uh-oh, there's a black cat. That means there's witches. It's all, it all boils down to witches, which is ridiculous.
1: So, yeah, things are all over the place. Because witches, map. they were persecuted. Wicked we good and love the earth and women... Pa- I'll be over here.
0: I've got a theory. <laughs> So yeah, things were all over the map, with what black cats meant. And for a long time, it was just like these usual usual superstitions that kind of died down over time. But then the 1980s happened.
1: Sorry, guys.
0: And there was a little thing that we like to call the satanic panic.
1: I was going to say the birth of me and Austin.
0: We were the, we were product. We were the
1: reason the satanic panic happened. Actually, I was born with, I looked like a vampire. I had completely like paper white skin, black hair and black eyes. So, <laughs>
0: so once again, black cats were associated with witches, and Satan, and the occult, but this time, there was a twist. Not only did owning a black cat with, mean that you were going to sacrifice children to Satan, or make them play Dungeons and Dragons to learn how to do a magic, uh, there was also the problem of non-Satanists, who just happened to own black cats, that the Satanists would steal your cat to use them as sacrifices in their Satanic rituals. I found a 1993 pamphlet released by the United States Justice Department that said finding a black cat in the vicinity of a crime was an indicator that a satanic cult was responsible. This pamphlet was bananas. Like, none of it made sense. Like, it was just factually like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it was used by law enforcement. Uh
1: Uh-huh. And they still, to this day, won't admit they were wrong about any of
0: this. Oh, no. I also... While well, doing my research, I found a long Reddit thread from October of this year in which people were saying, hey, you need to keep your black cats inside on Halloween because, you know, people are going to call it, kidnap it. And if it gets out, it'll be sacrificed to Satanists because I know people who this has totally happened to. And it's actually very I real. do.
1: I'm not making that up. I do. And
0: uh, in my notes, I'll say and now a PSA for Maddie.
1: Um, OK, I am not just I'm. Your cats should always be inside unless they serve a certain function like being a barn cat. But I do, in fact, know somebody who had all three of their cats disappear the week of Halloween. But it's not because of Satanists. It's because of teenagers who believe themselves be Satanists. Or more likely in our case, teenagers who are like, I got goons. Because uh, my cat was also shot in this neighborhood, but not during the week of Halloween. My dog was also, also had an arrow hit the back of his throat and had to get stitches in the back of his throat. He was a black dog, by the way. Yeah.
0: There are shelters that will not adapt out black cats mm-hmm. in the month of October out of fear that they'll be used in satanic rituals. Yeah, and
1: the thing is, guys, like that's because this actually does happen. These are not nope. satanists, it though. It is
0: not. This, uh, there is no evidence to support this claim.
1: There is in- absolutely evidence there... of increased animal abuse during the, during Halloween. Yes,
0: but none of it's satanic.
1: No, not, I, that's what I just said. It's, this is not satanists. It's people who are, who are being assholes. Yeah, it's
0: just assholes.
1: Satanism uh, is, a tr- is a real religion, yeah. and they're chill as shit. Yeah.
0: There, uh, but shelters still prefer not to take this risk. In 1996, the American Humane Society employed a clipping service, which is like a, like, you know, analog Google alert in which this service would go through local newspapers and search them for articles related to something you want. They would mm-hmm. just go through these to, like, find any news about this. And they were looking for things about ant- cats being found mutilated or sacrificed around Halloween and other satanic holidays. They found zero.
1: Well, they're not leaving
0: them out. They, uh, the ones that they did find about like mangled cats, and all this stuff, were the results of them being hit by cars or other just large animals attacking them. Also,
1: that's not going to make the news. I've seen, I see mangled animals relatively regularly, yeah. and usually it does not make the news. And
0: this was in police reports about you know all of these things. Zero cases.
1: Yeah, that's not going to make the not police reports either. A single
0: case. It doesn't happen it doesn't
1: then where did my three my name three cats go that week uh
0: it's almost like there's a night where there's a bunch of people running around and if they got out no, and got scared they would the probably go befo- further away this was all the week before halloween they Man, were they, they were gone by halloween there's lots of things can make cats go missing it's just what also interestingly they were looking at these things there is not an increase or decrease in cats going missing around any of these holidays it's just they go missing at the same rate it doesn't change. There is no evidence that animals are being sacrificed or specifically taken around these homes. It is a confirmation bias thing. Yeah. And in reality, shelters now are more concerned about black cats being uh, adopted as kind of a living holiday prop. Like around Easter, people will get an Easter chick yeah. or, or a rabbit, and then they will just adopt them and then immediately abandon them once the holidays are
1: over. Weirdly though, around here, most of the shelters do October like black cat sales.
0: Yeah. It's like, we have a lot. They- And speaking of shelters, you might have heard that black cats are less likely to be adopted. This is true. Yeah. Uh, According to data taken from shelters, it takes longer for black cats to be adopted, about 13% longer on average, and uh, black cats are about 16% more likely to be euthanized than any other cat. Uh, Shelters call this a black cat bias. Mm -hmm. Uh, The shelters think it boils down to a few reasons. Uh, Superstition. Uh, They're seen as less friendly and more aggressive, that there's a racial bias against because of black cats, they don't have... Yeah. And the most recent one is that black cats don't look as good in Instagram photos.
1: I do wonder, um, with black cats too, in terms of the euthanasia one, if it can be because it's harder to see changes in them, though. Because like our cats, you know, they've got all kinds of different colors and patterns happening on them, even even Draco. So like a change would be kind of noticeable. You could like a sleek black cat and looks like it's a giant bulge suddenly. They, it might just not be as noticeable. And also things like... We didn't notice that abscess on Fezzik, because it was was on a black part of his body. Um, So it's like, it could just make it hard. You might have to euthanize them more often, because you didn't notice something fast enough.
0: So how accurate are these claims that these shelters are making? There was actually a study done on this in 2019. Uh, The researchers Jones and Hart, uh, they showed pictures of 20 cats with different coats and neutral expressions to 101 individuals, and asked them to rate how friendly they looked, how aggressive they looked, how adoptable they appeared, and how well they could read the cat's expression.
1: Just like I would not be a good jury for a juvenile case, I would not be good on this way. Like, these are all the perfect cat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, on, on average, across all groups, uh, they were perceived as more aggressive, less friendly, and they were more difficult to read their expressions. Uh, and people who identified as superstitious were more likely to rate black cats as unfriendly and aggressive.
1: What about people like me? I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious.
0: I don't know. I'm, I feel people like you would say, these are all good cats. I want to adopt all of them, please.
1: Yeah, seriously. Like, did, did, were, and were they all typical cats or were they like fuzzic yeah. cats that were missing legs? Uh, these or... were,
0: uh, they did not go into that. Like that,
1: were... I think it'd be an interesting thing. Is like, mm. is a black cat I, considered less I, adoptable, but a I really think this was cat. simply
0: about coloration. They didn't want to I throw like in other this. factors like I that. I want to throw in
1: other factors. I need to redo this study now. Yeah. So send us pictures of your yeah. cats. We'll but, redo this but study.
0: Interestingly, even though they're seen as more mm-hmm. unfriendly and less aggressive, People looking at them did not see them as less adoptable, and also like what the one criticism of this study I saw was it might have been poor photography of the black cats mm-hmm. because they are more difficult to photograph well.
1: If you don't know what you're doing,
0: if you don't know what they're doing, and that might be the case in lots of these black cat photos, especially since a lot of adoption processes now happen like start online.
1: Yeah, and it's actually this has been proven that. Dogs and cats that are professionally photographed are more likely to be adopted than c- dogs and cats that are photographed well, but not professionally, because they don't have like the, the. They just don't look as nice. Yeah. Like except for Fezzik, who <laughs> I saw a terrible photo, but he was dressed as a dinosaur, so I knew he had to come home with me. Yes,
0: <laughs> it was such
1: a bad photo. <laughs> so those are the
0: factors. But interestingly, um, religiousness and racial racial prejudice did not predict if a black cat would be viewed unfavorably
1: yeah that doesn't surprise me
0: so yeah those are bl- those are some things about black cats i hope you know more now and maybe go out and adopt a black cat today because they are adorable but only if you are
1: willing to make a lifelong commitment to pay for regular veterinary care not get it declawed and keep it inside your house
0: yep so yeah i guess uh, go adopt some cats are you ready for questions yes all right Will the fact that Satanists don't want your cat be on the test?
1: Okay, I don't think that's a fair question because Satanists might absolutely want your cat. It doesn't mean they want it to sacrifice it. It might mean that they just don't like you and think they could be a better cat owner. Okay. You've got, like, you know, Satanists, they're chill as shit and they want your cat because they want to snuggle it. Will
0: the fact that a bunch of people consider black cats to be good luck be on the test? Yeah. Uh... Will the fact that the Pope didn't cause the Black Death by ordering all cats to be killed be on the test? It depends. Is this a Lutheran school? I mean, we also (laughs) like the truth. Do you, though? We do. As much as any religious organization does. (laughs) And uh, will the Kiss of Shame be on the test?
1: No, and that's unfortunate.
0: (laughs) I feel like the Kiss of Shame should be on more tests.
1: Kate, but now you're just, like, getting into a really dark area, Austin. Oh, yeah.
0: We don't. Yeah, don't. Yeah, this is this is we're getting to the bad internet. Let's get away from this. Let's lean out and like maybe tell people where they can find us.
1: Well, you can find us on Instagram at on the test pod, uh, Twitter at on the test pod, Facebook on the test pod, or yeah, on the test pod uh, on the dot com, and probably surrounded by cats wherever we go. Yep. Um, basically, if you see a large group of animals that seem to be happy. They're around me, or if you see a large group of reptiles that seem to be really angry, they're also probably around me. Yeah, that's so
0: weird. Reptiles hate you. <laughs> I have
1: had more than one giant reptile trying to kill me. And I don't even mean alligators, I mean ones that just sit there.
0: We can't go to Australia.
1: Uh, I'm, well, kangaroos will like me just fine, so. I'm
0: pretty sure kangaroos are reptiles.
1: Kangaroos are not reptiles. They're spiders. Can't... Their spiders might be reptiles. Uh,
0: like 90% of jurists, you can't convince me otherwise
1: um gosh it's been it's been a long couple of weeks guys we're happy to be back we have no intentions of not being back next week we're here every tuesday it's been a while since i've asked for a rate review subscribe so please rate review subscribe because we're sad and lonely in our little corner of the world we're actually sitting in a closet right now that needs some work and uh you know there's a a sad
0: ukulele that sits unplayed
1: wait say something okay it's not the walls
0: it's the ukulele. It's the ukulele
1: that makes the noise.
0: And again, it doesn't show up. This is just something no. that she hears. Okay, we'll just move the ukulele out of the room. It's the
1: ukulele. And you heard it last time too.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, there's basically this hollow like do 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 noise that I can't really do it because it sounds like a ukulele. And it's because the ukulele is picking up the vibrations from our voices and it's been driving me crazy. But yeah, guys, so we need more listeners so that I can actually start a Patreon for us because I can't justify it right now. So that I can then redo our podcast studio because... uh. Should I just take a picture of this shit for people? No, let's not. Should we? Well, oh. Well, we should, I mean,
0: frankly, I, we, we probably are use gonna... the money from my OnlyFans to fix the studio. That's right. I have an OnlyFans.
1: His OnlyFans. It's just close-ups of his nose. Well, I,
0: I should say OnlyFan.
1: Now, and uh, we do have a TikTok that we haven't done anything with yet, but we've been talking about it. Yeah. Um, Maybe doing some, trying some ghost hunting around our house in addition telling you short that facts. That would be fun.
0: So I I guess on that note, Austin
1: wants to go play Dungeons and Dragons. So class Class dismissed. dismissed.